Chapter 4, Brothers of Four. The sense of dread was nothing new. I'd felt it when Lucius and I first began to drift apart. The breakup felt sudden, but there were clues. I was just too blind to see them. I'd also felt it many years ago, with my family in my grandfather's hospital room, waiting for news from the doctors. My grandfather had been sick for a long time. By the time it was bad enough for him to be admitted to a hospital, he was too late to save. We stood there as a family, watching his heart monitor slow until it stopped at a flatline. Grandfather died with a smile on his face and loved ones by his side. Shaking off that familiar sense of foreboding, I made my way toward the bar. Along the back wall, there was a shelf dedicated to photographs of random people. Regulars, maybe, or people important to the owners, perhaps, along with a small array of ornaments, all glowing in the black light. Three bartenders each entertained a crowd with fancy shaker shakes and flips, all mixing and pouring delectable concoctions. I perched on an empty stool and leaned over the bar, eyes trained on the bartender nearest to me. Excuse me? A pair of flame-red eyes met mine. The bartender smiled a sinisterly handsome smile before wiping his hands clean on the white cloth at his waist. Just a moment, he said. When he had finished with his drink order, the bartender turned toward me, dimples etched in his cheeks, and flashes pearly whites. As he walked closer, I realized that there was a hint of gold in his eyes, perfectly complementing his blood-red hair and scarlet irises. He was quite literally red and gold, the colors of royalty. And what will the lady have tonight? He asked, voice slick and smooth as he shot me a lopsided and heart-stopping smirk. Think you can manage an apple martini? My voice dropped lower. I batted my long eyelashes ever so slightly as the man winked. Ask and you shall receive. His voice had a slow, alluring drawl to it as he whipped out the ingredients. I watched as he worked and noticed a unique red ink that peeked out through the arms of the sleeves of his button-down shirt, trailing past his wrist, ending around each finger and the back of his hand. The other end curved in intricate swirls around his neck and the back of his head, disappearing into the maroon roots of his hair. I frowned, eyebrows crinkling as an image of Calvin's tattoo flashed in my mind. The two different body inks seemed related, Sure, I had seen the symbols before, yet unsure of where, I felt on edge. The bartender added and mixed and tasted and adjusted before pouring the glowing green drink into a frosted martini glass. An apple martini for the princess of the ball. He slid the drink over to me, a playful grin on his face. Are you sure that you're a bartender and just a bartender? I asked, taking a small sip, allowing the drink to wash over my taste buds. You seem too slick to be slinging drinks. The man faked a fence, placing a hand over his heart. You hurt my feelings, doll. It's not like I can help being swoon-worthy. I rolled my eyes. All too easily, he placed a muscular hand on the bar and hoisted himself over in one smooth motion. Another barista approached the counter to take his place. But you caught me. I bartend for fun, mainly. The name's Wilhelm. A pleasure to meet you, Miss... Addison. Addison Piladia. I shook his outreached hand gently before letting go. So you're the famous Addison I've heard so much about, Wilhelm smiled, casually leaning on his elbows, face and hands. My brother did always have the best taste in ladies. My eyebrows scrunched with curiosity. Your brother is the host? Wilhelm nodded once, a fire dancing in his eyes. I could feel my palm turning clammy with sweat. That he is. This is actually the first time I've been to one of his parties. When he told me that this won't be throwing your honor, he promised that the great Miss Addison Piladia will be a sight to behold. He did not lie. And I suppose Calvin is your brother too? I asked. I met him just now on my way in. There was very little chance the two men were blood brothers. Both men were equally beautiful, 
but vastly different ethnicity and age. My whole family is an adopted one, Wilhelm said. Mom and Dad took us all in from the orphanage before they passed away. Wilhelm shrugged, reaching under the counter to retrieve a bottle of vodka. He opened it, tossed his head back, and checked a good quarter of the bottle's contents, as if it were water. You could say we're a unique family. Oh, I'm so sorry, I swirled my drink absentmindedly. I'd already finished half the glass, but felt no buzz of alcohol. I didn't know. My condolences for your loss. Ah, he took another swig, waving his hand. No need for that. It's been years since mom and pops died. Death is common in the family, in a way that is both fortunate and unfortunate. His eyes twinkled, looking distant, as if at a memory, before their focus landed on something behind me. I turned to see where Wilhelm was looking. Will, we have to go. Calvin is looking for us. A man with ebony hair appeared, his dark, soulless eyes glancing at me for a split second. He had deep-cut cheekbones, sharp, as if hammered by an anvil by God himself. He stood just a few inches shorter than Wilhelm, and nearly half a head taller than me. His skin was a ghastly pale, like a ghost among the living, and he seemed to stare in judgment at every movement and decision. Addison, meet my brother Fabian. Fabian, this is the lovely Addison we've heard so much about. Isn't she just wonderful? Fabian scanned over me as if he were sizing up an opponent before battle. I couldn't help but shrink away from a stare. A flash lit up his irises, but I wasn't sure what it was. Hatred? He sure seemed like he despised me, even though we had only just met. But there was also something more, something that I could not quite put my finger on. I wish you a good time, Miss Piladia. Wilhelm, let's go. Fabian briefly nodded, speaking tone filled with a false politeness. He didn't wait for his brother to reply. He just turned to walk away, disappearing into the crowd as quickly as he arrived. With Fabian gone, I felt a great weight lifted from my chest. If you'll excuse my brother, Addison, he's definitely not known for his manners. Wilhelm shook his head, looking back to where his brother's figure once was. I'm afraid I have to take my leave. I hope to see you again, miss. Until then, enjoy your time here. Wilhelm sauntered off towards the crowd, disappearing into a sea of sweaty, sticky bodies moving to the rhythm of the music. I sighed dejectedly, downing the rest of my drink like a line of fire. And once more, I was left to myself. The breeze that blew colder than Riverside Creek's winters returned, surrounding me in an eerie, icy embrace. Pulling the sleeves of my sweater down over my freezing fingers, I deserted my now empty glass on the bar to battle my way through the crowd. Each step I took left me feeling like I was being watched. As I looked around at the sea of drunken monsters, I could see no stalker, no one particularly interested in me or anything that wasn't the thumping club music, really. I told myself it was all in my head, that my recent misfortunes must have left me feeling paranoid. I pushed my way through the crowd, away from the dance floor, just barely escaping. A single, deserted table sat in the far corner of the otherwise packed room, and I made my way to it. I sat down, but the sensation never left. I tried to ignore it as best I could. 